This is Shannon Autumn from the Dream Zine and GRadio.ca. I'm here today at PK Sound here with Matt, Pierre, and Nate. I, I've got a few questions for you guys I'm hoping you can answer. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your upcoming release that you've got on the 23rd. We're, uh, we're releasing a uh, sister product to our large robotic line array, the Trinity. And this is called the Trinity 10. Uh, it is a more compact version of the Trinity. Uh, the Trinity, which is really meant for like 1,000 to 2,000 to up to like 50,000 people size arenas. The Trinity 10 is meant more for like a 500 to a 5,000 person uh, venue space. So... Um, it's, it's a bit more compact and, and it makes it a lot easier for people to be able to experience what people can experience with Trinity in a smaller setting, which uh, is beneficial for a lot of people. Did you want to talk a little bit about the original design, uh, any specific changes that have been made and maybe how it works? Uh, yeah, like, uh, like, we, like I kind of mentioned, this, uh, uh, this is based off of our, our Trinity technology, which is a robotic line array. Um, so that means that uh, we have the capability of uh, aligning and moving our, our line array in the air via a control instead of using a manual system. Uh, this basically allows us to spread, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a line array in a, in a venue that kind of shapes like a J, it curves. We can curve it to however we think we, what we need at the time, uh, which uh, could be in the air specifically. Yeah. So it basically what that allows us to do is if we decide, um, then we're setting up, Hey, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to have the, have it set up this way. We want to set it up, uh, maybe slightly different at a, at a certain degree. We don't have to take the entire thing down. You don't have to spend uh, an extra you know hour getting it ready you know if doors are in 30 minutes you have that thing set up in 10. Uh, for example we just had two untrained people down in Mexico they were potential investors and one trained technician set up the full rig in two and a half minutes which is something that would could take half an hour to several hours depending on the venue and uh, the equipment and that's half an hour to several hours with trained technicians. So it drastically reduces the setup times and uh, adjustment times. Uh, another thing too is that that's our vertical, that we're, that we're talking about our vertical display uh, and our, our vertical display rather. The other thing we have is a horizontal display or horizontal uh, angling. Uh, so we can point our, our audio to particular places. We can uh, make it go further from the box we needed to, make it avoid reflective surfaces on top of making the sound itself attenuate on the sides, which basically means that, you know, if you've got grandma's house like on the side of the venue, uh, we can make the sound dip off a lot quicker uh, because we can aim where the sound is coming from uh, using this technology as well. Yeah, so one of the things with the with the, with the, how it's designed is all these uh, all these speakers are networked and uh, and daisy chains, which means there's only one cable going through the, to the stack and controls an entire stack of up to 24 cabinets if you want. Um, and with our remote control software, you would just sit at front of house, type in the angles that you think aims uh, and covers correctly the, um, the venue, 
and you'll see the speakers move and adjust. And you can listen to that, make corrections, as Matt was saying also horizontally, uh, avoid reflective surfaces, avoid, uh, avoid big nodes in your sound, avoid and, uh, and optimize your sound field, sound field this way. What's your solution for dealing with uh, large cavities in the room, corners, uh, unusually shaped rooms to better spread the sound when you're dealing with those things? Uh, well, that's all really dependent upon like what you're doing and, and what area you have. So, like, explain how we go through a show setup. Yeah, if we so like if you had a room that you you're saying you wanted more coverage in, like a good example would be something that has a uh, balcony, right? And we want more coverage. Usually, in that case, um, if we want if we wanted to cover that area, we would add specific uh, flown uh, areas, like uh, more speakers aimed toward that area. Um, however, that being the case, there are certain times where um, you'll get reflective areas that will make that upper balcony sound terrible if you can't aim your lower or the top or the top speakers that are in your lower array because they may reach into that area. So to clean that out, we will then move the horizontal uh, uh, angle of the the top of the line array that's the that's aiming toward the bottom of the area will aim that uh, closer in that way the flown other flown speakers that are going toward that balcony area for example will sound a lot more clean and and this is uh, again an example of like making it so it's not bouncing off a wall um, most of that stuff is handled by a technician when they're on site they will uh, assess the the area there's also a lot of prediction tools in the industry that people use, like several different ones that people will use. They'll get an idea of what size the venue is. And depending upon what that is, um, one of my jobs here is actually to uh, uh, create some, some of our products within those uh, predictive tools to make sure that they work properly. Um, so yeah, that's how you would solve a problem like that. It's all on a, a system by system basis. You, get, you go to the venue, you make sure that it's getting where they want the sound to go to, uh, you know, you, you, you know, some cases it's, it's like you should ask them, you know, is your balcony going to be open? Because you don't want to spend all that time even, you know, doing that if your balcony's not even open. And then you, so you, you make, you pick and choose every situation. So a smart tech will be able to tell when they get there. Um, the cool thing about Trinity and our technology in general is that we make it way easier for that tech to make that decision and make it a lot faster. Yeah. And I can speak a little bit uh, to the software for that too, because, uh, each of, each of our speakers contains its own uh, sound processing, digital sound processing uh, capability, and we remote control that as well. And so if you have some cavities with a certain resonant frequency, if you have some, some weird shapes doing some, yeah, resulting in some weird, um, weird sounds that you can hear, you can directly, in our control software, remo remove for the speakers that aim at that area remove, tune some frequencies out. Uh, um, you have a, a, an equalizer for several, several areas of the room if you want. And uh, you guys incorporate a bit of 3D printing into the creation process, don't you? Yeah, we do use uh, 3D printing. In the past, it's proven like quite expensive to do one-offs and then try to use them and then find out that they don't work. And it's kind of... Uh, yeah, we've gone through that quite a bit, but uh, now we have an opportunity to use a 3D printer, alter something immediately, and then uh, you know make it suit our purposes uh, 100% before we decide to um, get it in quantity. 
So uh, it's not in the most extensive use, but it's it's been very helpful uh, in, in what we do, especially um, sometimes in the creation process of our products. R&D, it's really helpful in R&D. Like that's that like being able to, to try multiple things. Uh, like, for example, when we were coming up with uh, the coherent mid-range integrator, which is part of uh, the little honeycomb thing you see on the front of a Trinity box. Trademark. Yeah, it's trademarked, <laughs> yes. Um, that that was there's a lot of different models for 3D printing things like that. So R and D basically just to follow up uh, what Nate was saying, yeah, it's, it's research and development makes it way easier using 3D printing because you get immediately your idea what you want right there, and then you can go through a whole bunch of different ideas. And we can yell at each other a bunch about it, and then figure out exactly what we want, and then do yeah. it again, and yeah. and then yell at each other more. It's great. <laughs> What's the testing process like here? Uh, for when we have a new product. Uh, a whole bunch. <laughs> there's a, there's a different types of testing. There's um, testing for the electronic part of the of the product. There's let's take it, let's take it like start to finish. Like uh, so, what we do, what we'll first do is we'll t we'll test to make sure that the weight of the product is is safe for it, it's all safety standards. Um, that's obviously one of the first and foremost important things. Safety things testing first. Uh, Electronics as well, you know, no one's gonna get hurt using the product. That's like the biggest thing. That's what we get certified for with everything. You know, we make sure of that first. Uh, then testing the product's uh, durability and reliability is then the next thing. So um, that goes down to um, all the pieces working when you want them to work. And then of course the, uh, the other important side of this because it's a speaker is the acoustic side of stuff. So the acoustic quality control uh, when we're testing, uh, for example, uh, we will run uh, something to make sure it has a duty cycle of at least uh, like 100 to 500 hours on a product to make sure that it's it's not going to break. So in other words, if this got taken to a concert, or not even a concert, if it's going to take it to a rave, and it's one of those stages that just doesn't shut down for like three days, it will be able to continuously play. And that's what we aim for when we're testing the speaker. So we have a chamber, a test chamber, which I, you may have yeah. shown it. So what we do is we just, we pop it in there and we play it with, um, we use some thermal coupler measurements and some things that, uh, and some uh, a histogram of, of like what's going on in, in the box electronically. And we make sure that um, what, we're, what we're doing is uh, staying under the, um, temperature guidelines of, of, the, of the speakers and of the uh, particular components to make sure that they're safe during that duty cycle. Um, as far as uh, the rest of the, the electronic stuff, that's kind of, that's, I don't usually do that part, but uh, we have another guy that does that. Um, but we do a lot of different testing with that, just like maximum voltage testing and things like that. Where is another one? Yeah, for software, well, it's, it's the same. Safety is a, is a big part of it. So um, the most interesting thing we have is uh, what we call the dead man switch. So because the speakers are remote controlled, you need to make sure that people have their eyes on the speakers as they move, because you have, you have several tons of speakers moving and they're just hanging. So if someone has their fingers in there, if someone is right next to it, you don't, you don't want those things to crash anywhere. You don't want to... So as you move, you need to make sure that you keep your fingers pressed on the button. You need to f keep your fingers pressed on the, on the keyboard. And if you release that instantly, uh, it goes through the network and physically shuts off the, the um, electronics of the speakers so they stop moving right away. And they go through, a, through an off cycle and need to wait 30 seconds until you can boot them up again and 
uh, and start operating them again. So this makes sure that if something happens anywhere, if um, the person is, if the person is, um, some some guy doing the lights falls on the speakers. Some guy some some guy gets too close or whatever. Anything happens. The network connection. There's, there's an error in the network connection. Anything that's outside of the of the normal procedure happens. The speakers stop moving right away, and forces people to look at what went wrong, what's going on, and I need to keep my eyes better on these speakers. <laughs> um, for the rest of the speaker, we we follow standard software testing procedures. Um, unit tests, integration tests. Um, we have a, a, a whole suite of tests that we, we run on, on every version, making sure that the, the quality of the software is, is there. Well, also, one of the features the, that we have to, um, to monitor the quality control on, uh, on Trinity as they go on shows, as they come back, um, some things might get damaged on the box itself. It might sound weird. It might respond weird. Um, every box has a little memory inside that can store a message from the sound tech operating the show that night, like a saying a, a, a little text message that you can that you can update. And when the box comes back to the office, someone looks at it and and is like, "Oh, this show, this box was overheating. I should check this." Or in the past, the, oh, sorry, in the past they used to just put a bunch of tape on it, be like, broken. And then and that was it. It was NFG. very, yeah, NFG, yeah. There was just, you just write like, so So this takes it to that next level. What do you think it is that makes PK sound so different from most other sound technologies? Mainly it's the, it's the passion of the people behind it. Because there's, the people behind it came from music, met doing music. And because we're, we also have a production company as well, we're using the product that we're making. And I think that gives us a great advantage because we we're making stuff from the perspective of like, how would I want to use this thing? How would I want this to sound? The start of the company was actually a result of there's a huge need for bass heavy speakers for the parties that me and my friends wanted to throw. And Jeremy had the idea to make his own damn speakers. Then. <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, now PK is essentially two parts, right? There's PK production that runs a lot of concerts, r runs a lot of rave shows over over North America, over every live music, with tons of live music. Um, and the other part is speaker manufacturing, where we have a manufacturing department and an R&D department. So for us in R&D, it's really, really helpful to be able to try out some ideas, try out some, some softwares, so, so, some ideas in software, try out some some new variants in the in the speakers send that on the road see how it so see how it behaves and uh with our own sound techs collect feedback directly and so we can have a really quick turnaround on on, on feedback with uh with things we want to try with things we things we think will work or not work so that's that's also one of the particularities of of pk if people wanted I contact you for rentals, for anything like that, where can people find you? Oh, anywhere, the website, anywhere. There, there's, um, there's production people and salespeople that, that uh, are, are very good. Our Facebook page is good, too. Um, we have a very dedicated social media Facebook people, too. So, um, But, yeah, just check out pksound.ca. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it and all the time you took. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you very much. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Take care. And thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. Love you guys.